Good morning. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know Sunday mornings can get to you. Good morning, folks. Oh, great. Nice to have you in the service today. It's a special occasion for us here at Calvary Bible Church. We're celebrating the 40th anniversary of our Awana Clubs here at Calvary Bible. Back in 1973, <laughs> Sister Catherine Cole, the wife of the then pastor, had the vision to start this ministry. Uh, when it first started out in 1973, there were only the girls, uh, chums, eight and nine years old, and then the guards, 10 and 11 years old. From then until 1980, it was only the girls, and then the men came from another work we had at the church for the boys. They joined, and it's been that way ever since. But we've seen such positive results down through the years, and there's many of the leaders, myself and other of the leaders, that can attest to the fact that we've met clubbers who have grown into adults, many of them married, met them many years later, and in talking to them, each one has had the same testimony. Awana had a profound effect on them. So we say, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Brother Basil Miller will come and open us in prayer. Good morning, church. Brother Tommy forget to tell you that we are the oldest and the first in the Bahamas. You forgot that. Some of us up here are pretty old too. <laughs> Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful to you because of your faithfulness and your mercy that you've given us another opportunity to gather like this. These leaders that are here, Lord, we feel so privileged that you would call us and place this burden on our hearts to reach our young people with your word and your son. And we thank you that at this church, this ministry has been consistent throughout the years. The leaders are together in true unity because we pray and we bear each other burden. Father, we thank you that you've given us this vineyard to work in. We thank you for the homes and the clubbers from which come from those homes and the parents leave them in our hands and they trust us with those children and it's because of you and not us. And Father, we just thank you for all that have been accomplished through years because of your faithfulness. And we thank you for these leaders who have consistently come out night after night to help these children understand who Jesus is. And Father, we thank you for this church and this ministry. And now we ask that you would oversee and undertake for us as we try to represent you here on earth to those who are lost. And Father, have your way in this service today and among these leaders and clubbers and this church. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Okay, would you stand with, with me, please, and turn in your hymn books to number 52.
Now that you're energized, we'll turn to 812 in your hymn books. It's victory. Oh, 52? Okay, it's 812 for this one.
Thank you very much, Alicia and Jaden Wells, and they were accompanied on the piano by their mom, a family trio. Very good. Now we're going to have some remarks from two leaders uh, from our Awana leadership right now. Um, Sister Betty Allen, she has been serving for 38 years. Uh, Sister Bev Roberts is the other one who's been serving for 38 years. And there's just one male that's been serving for 35 years. That's my good friend, Albert Rogers. So first Sister Betty Allen and then Brother Albert Rogers. Good morning, church. It was 38 years ago on a Sunday morning after church, Catherine Cole, who started Awana, came to me and asked me, Betty, would you like to be an Awana leader? Immediately I said yes, not knowing what I was getting into. I didn't say, I'll think about it, I'll pray about it. I just said yes. So after church on the way home, I was telling my children, I said, anyway, we're starting Awana on Tuesday. So we started, and that first evening, they were so full of excitement. They loved it so much they wanted to go back again. This really encouraged me to go back. 
The following Tuesday, my car was like sardines, packed and overloaded, because my children invited some of their friends to come along. And that night, I didn't reach home until 9.30, 10 o'clock, just dropping off the children. After a few weeks, my love for the children grew as I watched the excitement on their faces as they passed their sections. Honestly, I didn't know what many Bible verses myself, so I just learned a lot just by listening to the clubbers. Some came to learn, some came to play games, and some came just to be away from home. In any case, we give all clubbers the opportunity to learn more about God and participate in various activities. Being an Awana leader is wonderful, but with this joy comes many sacrifices. In order for me to get to Awana with my kids on time, I had to work my lunch hour so I can get off a little earlier. My co-workers was also involved with getting me there on time. They would say, Bets, Miss Allen, you know what time it is? It's time for you to leave for Awana. This was another factor that contributed to my motivation in staying with Awana. Many times we Awana leaders would bump into some of our old clubbers who thank us for taking the time out to be with them and share them some old and we share some favorite pastimes. Sometimes we may not we may think our labor is in vain and not see the outcome expected, but the seed has been planted. Like the farmer, we nurture these kids by planting it, supplying it with the word of God, and wait for the outcome. We as leaders are supported by the hope of the harvest. Our duties are to sow, reap, pray, and work in the hope of reaping fruits in God's appointed time. One of my favorite verses is found in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, which says, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Another verse which inspires me is Galatians 6 and 9, which says, Keep on keeping on. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Our one theme song, A-W-N-A, is taken from 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Iwana ministry is one of the most effective ministries still going on. I encourage you CBC members to become, to become a leader. Especially you young people, we need your help. Come on, and not so young, come out, bring your children, and join Awana also. We meet from 6 to 8 o'clock, and if you cannot come for the two hours, come out and be a listener for one hour. We need you. Would you come along and be, and be with us on this ultimate adventure? Thank you. Um, good morning. You know what? I have done notes, right? <laughs> Anyhow, I give God thanks for the glory that allowed me to serve 35 years. And I want to thank my leaders, Brother Greg Roberts, the secretary, Brother Kevin Barton, um, Brother Alan Wells, and I don't know if it's Brother Rudy, but he's not, not around. Okay. Without them, I tell you, I, I couldn't do it on my own. I tell you, without them and God's help. And I just, uh, a couple months ago, I came, um, I was in Super Value in Benton, and my wife and I was, I was buying some produce. Going along, and this guy came to me and said, Brother Albert, Brother Albert, 
I look around, I say, who, who calling me? I mean, these people, these young men don't forget you, but I, I, I can't remember his name, but I'm sorry I didn't remember his name, but he, uh, he remembered me. He said, you know something? I was served in one man, you and Brother Nelson, was um, Ferguson. That's been over 20 years ago. And boy, I must have gotten old, that's all I can say. <laughs> and another one, I, I was on my way to Fort Lauderdale, and this gentleman was checking in, and he um, said, Brother Albert, you remember me? I said, no, sir, I didn't remember you. He said, what's your name? He gave me his business card. His name is Derek Monroe. He's a plumber. If you need a plumber, just, just let me know. I have his business card, okay? <laughs> but this, the first one, um, Brother Craig, he works for BC. I, I wish I got his... He might be your boss. I don't know. He could be. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy working with young boys, eight and nine. And most of you all know I coach baseball. I'm, I, um, I love the men, young boys, because we need to reach these young people. They get in so much trouble. I mean... My goodness, I mean, sometimes you could just pull your hair. I mean, let me, let me give you a Dutch example the other day. Last week we was playing um, a baseball game. This fellow, I guess he's over 20 years old, he came and he got mad at himself and he started cussing and carrying on. I, I said, I said, buddy, I don't allow that here. Just, you know, anyhow, he, I spoke to him after the game and yesterday we had another game, number two. To, and he came to me and he came to the coaches and the players and he apologized. So there's hope for these young people. So just pray for us in the Wanda program. And we need one leader. We've been at a red leader now for two years. So if you feel like coming in to join the Wanda program, uh, that's in September, please. I would be glad to have you. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sister Betty. Uh, she's affectionately known to me as Sister Mary. And then for Brother Albert, I'm glad to see that he's still, he'll tell you that I'm older than he is, and that's probably true. And I guess that's the reason that I don't have the good memory that he still has. And I'll leave that with a question mark. But thank, I want to thank both of them for just sharing some of their experiences in Awana and the importance of this ministry and it, the impact that is it's had not only here in Calvary Bible Church, but all over the island. Continue to pray for this ministry. Sister Shirley Foster comes to lead the Awana Choir.
thank you very much, Awana Choir, and a new quartet. I hope those of you that are involved in singing took note of those that perhaps you didn't think could sing, that now can sing. I know you still need members in the choir. Um, before I ask our next person to come up to share, I'd just like for us to recognize this. I see one of one leader down here, but there are others perhaps down through the years you have served in Awana. Maybe there's some in the balcony. Would anybody that's been involved with Awana, not only currently, but way back when, would you all stand, please? All, come on, everybody. Thank you so very much. And the challenge has been thrown out. They still need leaders. And now coming to bring some remarks on behalf of our pastoral board is Pastor Wenley Fowler. He's a man I always look up to. There is a saying that you haven't passed anything until you're dead. I am convinced that is true today because I saw Albert singing <laughs> in the quartet. <laughs> On behalf of the pastoral board, I certainly want to greet you this morning. As a matter of fact, I want to sing. I, 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 I want. I want to dance. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Jerry, you want a boogie? Forgetfulness is an epidemic. I believe it's an epidemic among humans. Um, to make this case in point, by the show of hands, how many of you can recall the event or the moment of your birth. Please raise your hand. <laughs> Just as I thought. Even though that was a major event, none or very few, two of us, truly can remember the occasion. But certainly on behalf of the Pastoral Board of Calvary Bible Church, I wish to commend the first Awana Club in the Bahamas, right here at Calvary Bible Church. Today they are celebrating 40 years of God's faithfulness, as this is indeed a worthy and a privileged endeavor. See, back in 1941, Lance Latham, an Art Rohim of Northside Gospel Center in Chicago, founded a children's ministry. And due to the success of that program, nine years later, 1950, the Awana program was formed. Approved workmen are not ashamed. You've heard earlier already that it is taken from 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself to prove unto God a workman that he did not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because of this course statement and the course statements of faith of regarding this new initiative, in terms of what their beliefs were regarding God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, salvation, and the church, etc., Calvary Bible Church considered this a worthy 
program to be adopted here at Calvary Bible Church. And so we did so wholeheartedly. The leadership strategy or leadership-based strategy that is employed by the Iwana program was another added attraction for us here at Calvary Bible Church. The Iwana program is very unique in its sense that it is one of the very few programs that not only focuses on evangelism, but also on discipleship. Most programs would either focus on one or the other. The Iwana program not only reaches out to attract and to evangelize, but also once they are evangelized, seek to disciple them. And this has a very attractive feature to us here at Calvary Bible Church. The leadership of Calvary Bible Church also wishes to acknowledge the and to commend those faithful individuals of the past and those who are currently involved in the ignition and the vision and passion to be involved in this children's ministry and to undergo the necessary training because every leader has to undergo a training before they are fully engaged into the program. And so we, we'd like to thank those persons who have served so faithfully over the many years. Of worthy note, of course, to be commended, particular, particularly the commanders of the past, you would have heard already, this began with uh, Catherine Cole, I think under the nudging of Sister Barbara Sawyer, because she was very instrumental in that new initiative. And then following her, of course, we had Murty Lowe, then we had Scott Lowe, um, as well, Brother Jerry as well was part of that new initiative back then. And then we had, of course, our siblings, uh, Brother Tommy and Sister Kathy. Then we have Nelson uh, Ferguson, Charlie Aubrey, we had as well. And we also have now, of course, you have the uh, revered Sister Audrey L. Farrington. <clears throat> Get it right? Farrington? R? She says she's not an L. <clears throat> that was a demonstration of forgetfulness, just in case you wanted to know. All right. But she, these persons are to be commended, and certainly on behalf of the pastoral board, we'd like to say to them, thank you. In other words, if I were to say it in the Brazilian um, Portuguese, it would be abrogado. Of course, it is better understood if we say just say muchas gracias, or maybe for those who are studying Hebrew, we would say toda rabba, and then merci beaucoup, and then we say she she her. And then maybe it's best said to stick with the Bahamian dialect. I'd like to, on behalf of the pastoral board, to say to all of them, those who have served, those who are serving, thank you. Good morning. Well, at least I'm encouraged when it comes to forgetfulness. <laughs> Brother Wenley's two or three years younger than I am, and he's still forgetting. So there's a hope for me yet. There's a hope for me yet. Coming with the awards presentation right now is Sister Audrey Farrington, who is our present program director. She's been there for, now I'm going to be, see if I can be corrected, 16 years? No, but as, as program director. 37 years in the club itself, but 16 years as the program director. And her favorite sidekick, her secretary, uh, the Iwana secretary, Sister Joan Pinder. And because of my profession, I can read the expressions on your faces. We won't be long. Trust me. But I was happy, brother, when Pastor Fowler mentioned Sister Barbara, because she was the one who introduced the program to Sister Cole. So Sister Barbara, stand again so that the church can see and recognize you. 
and our faithful, dedicated leaders. We are going to present to persons, leaders who have served 30 plus years, but just before we present, and we don't have many, remember I said I read the expressions on your faces, we have, we want to just recognize those who have served 20 to 20, wherever it ends. And I'll just have them stand quickly and sit. Sister Anne Russell, 20 years, and hold your applause, please. Sister Anne Russell, Brother Paul Worrell, I don't see him, 23 years. Sister Olive Thompson, 24. Sister Laverne Clark, 25. Sister Crystal Underwood, Sister Olive, both Sister Olive and Sister Crystal were leaders, were clubbers in Awana. Sister Joan Pinder, Brother Greg Roberts, Sister Andrew Major, 27 years. Brother Kevin Barton, 28 years. And we would also like to commend, we have generations up here, we have Sister Yvonne, Stan, mother, Sister Olive, her daughter, and Sister Charlene, the granddaughter. So give it up for them, please. <laughs> Sister Idina is in here, but she receives an award for 30 years of service. Is there a fa family member here? It says Calvary Bible Church of Honor, 40th anniversary. 1973 to 2013, presented to the person for 30 years of dedicated service. Should have been in the choir. <laughs> 31 years, Brother Basil Miller and Brother Patrick Knowles. Thirty-two years, Sister Sylvia Roberts. See a few others who should have been in the choir looking at me, but we'll deal with that on Tuesday. That's the training. You and many know I'm in education, the field I'm in. Stickler for policy rules, regulations. Thirty-three years, Stephanie Knowles and Jeanette Joaquin. We can give them a round of applause. 34 years, Sister Sally, who's not with us, but Sister Judy will receive on her behalf, and Sister Yvonne Monroe. If for no other reason I will receive a crown because of this, stars in my crown, because of this young man, Brother Albert Rogers, longest serving male, 35 years. As was previously mentioned, I've served for 37, you can hold mine. And our longest serving leaders are Sister Betty Allen and Sister Beverly Roberts, who played the organ. Thank you, and to God be the glory for our faithful, dedicated leaders working with young people and any of you, and I'm not here to preach, pastor doesn't believe in women preaching, but any of you who work with young people know the myriad of challenges that we are faced with. 
especially our young men. And uh, the other day I met a young man, and he didn't recognize, I didn't recognize him, but he recognized me from the Awana program. And do you know what his comments were? He said, I don't have children, but when I have them, I'm glad he waited, he said, married. When I have them, I will send them to the Awana ministry. Again, I say, to God be the glory. You know, one thing in God's word we're encouraged as believers to do, and that's to be faithful. Now, coming to bring the message for us today is not only a former clubber, also a former leader. He's our current youth pastor, that's Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. I was already told to be brief, so I'm going to be brief as possible. But again, Awana has been, you know, just before I get into the message, Awana has been instrumental in a lot of our young people's lives um, here at this church. Um, we have seen a lot of people have come through. Um, in fact, I would say the last three youth pastors have come. They've been to Awana. Um, Terrence, who was here, we want to welcome him. Michelo and myself have all been to Awana. So I think Awana, these leaders deserve another round of applause because Awana is not an easy thing. Sometimes it's a very hard thing to do. But before we look into God's Word, let us pray. Father, we thank you again for this morning that we've had to just focus on you. And Father, we know that these leaders this morning, doesn't, they don't want the praise, but they want to give you all the glory as they have sang, Father. I pray this morning again as we look into your word, I pray, Father, that it won't be my words, but it'll be your words. And Father, that as you use me, Father, I pray that it will just be clear, that hearts will be open to your word, and I just thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me just say, when I start this, I had to ask somebody, because I haven't been here for 40 years, I'm only 31, but I had to ask them to make sure that this truly happened. But for the past 40 years at Calvary Bible Church, there's been a tradition that happens every Tuesday evening during the month of September to the end of May, and that is our flag ceremony. We have two things that we do for Awana. I know we also do our Bahamian flag pledge, but there are two things that we recite for Awana. Number one is the pledge to the Awana flag, and it goes like this. I pledge my allegiance to the Awana flag, which stands for the Awana Club, whose goal is to reach boys and girls with the gospel of Christ and train them to serve him. Also, as has already been mentioned, the Awana theme verse is found in 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We want to focus this morning, and let me just say this this morning. If you're not involved in Awana, this is not your time to check out. But to keep your ears open, because the principles that we want to look at this morning is for all of us who call ourselves believers in Christ. Going back to the Awana pledge to the flag, I want to focus on the end of that pledge. And let us look at the responsibility that we have as all believers in Christ. The pledge says to reach boys and girls with the gospel of Christ. But as Brother Wendley said, it doesn't stop there. It said to train them to serve him. This is a great responsibility for the Awana leaders, but also a great responsibility for all of us who call ourselves believers. 
We notice the implication here is on discipleship. We notice that it's not just to say to make a convert, but it's to make leaders, to make those serve. And the Iwana program had a, a, a program that was called LIT, which was Leaders in Training, where these leaders, those who are clubbers, former clubbers, go into different clubs and they train and lead, and they lead different um, clubs. And this is what it's all about. This is what it is, to put the same people who have been through Iwana back into the ministry, because that is what Awana is all about. So that those leaders, as we have seen, we have three generations here, that they will again reach those kids with the gospel of Christ, and that will continue on for many generations. You see, discipleship is what we're talking about. It's not just to get someone to come to the altar or to, to see them come to know Christ. Not a convert, but we want to see true disciples. You see, I was, as I spoke the last time, that again, that's what we're talking about, being a true follower of Christ. It's not just about getting someone saved, but it's about seeing them come to know Christ and not to just stay there, but to grow. As I was praying and asking the Lord, what scripture would you like me to share? And it was a very hard thing because, like I said, when we're going through one, we can think of a lot of things. But I kept coming back to 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, you could turn to 1 Corinthians 4. Chapter, chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. And here it is, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. And we know that the Corinthian church had a lot of struggles. But here it is, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and letting them understand that, look, I am coming to admonish you. I'm coming in love to you. I'm coming to ask you this in love. And let me just say, before Paul could even go to them and confront them with sin in their life, he had a good relationship. You see, I think too many times what me and you like to do, we want to point out someone's fault without really having a true relationship with them. And you see, Paul, he could do this because he had a relationship with the Corinthian church. And it says this in verse 14. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then to be imitators of me. That is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. Verse 20, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with a love and spirit of gentleness? We see here in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, it says again, I do not write these words, these things to you, to you, to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Paul begins by admonishing the believers there in Corinth, and he is making it very clear that he is not trying to put them down. You see, too many times I think what we try to do when we try to point things out in people's life is we try to put them down. It's not to see them grow. It's not to see them change. But we want to rather point their faults when me and you have to recognize that we have enough faults in our lives. That we have to be very careful. And we have to make sure that we do have a genuine relationship with these people. Because again, as Paul is going to this church, it's not that he doesn't know them. He knows them. He has a relationship with them. He's not just trying to point out their faults, but he's really trying to see them grow in their faith. I think too many times what we want to do is we want to point the faults but we don't want to see them come back to Christ and to grow. But we'd rather put them down and keep them down. And I think that that's a problem with all of us 
so many times as we want to make sure, as Paul is saying, we want to see them mature. And that's what Paul wants to see in these people. He wants to see them mature in Christ. He doesn't want them to stay where they are, but he wants them to mature in Christ. 1 Corinthians 4.15 also says this, For through you have countless guides in Christ. You do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ, Jesus, through the gospel. You see, Paul recognizes, he wants them to recognize that he is their spiritual father. They are his children. He tells them that you have had a lot of guides. You have had a lot of teachers. You have a lot of people who have guided you over the time. But I consider myself your spiritual father. I am the one who has showed you from the word how to come to know Christ. And I'm sure there's a lot of people as we think of, of who have been through Awana, as we've heard the stories of many people who have come through the Awana program, and they have stories that they could tell of the differences that they have made in their lives. So I have a question for all of us in this room, not just the Awana leaders, but I want you to just think about this. Can you think of someone that you have led to the Lord? I ask you, how much contact have you had with them? Are you considered their spiritual father? Do you recognize the responsibility of discipling them? You see, again, I think we put so much emphasis on evangelism, but we don't put the emphasis on discipleship. You see, God never told us to go out and make converts, but he said to go out and make disciples. He wants to see people grow. He doesn't want to see people stay the same. And I'm sure through the Awana program, we have seen that where people have grown because they've not, it hasn't been the people here, but it's been God using them and because of the word of God. And let me just say, by, Paul by no means was taking credit for their faith. But he knew that God had used him as an instrument to lead them to Christ. This is something for all of us to remember. So that we don't get puffed up with pride and think that we have done something. You see, too many times I think we want to take the credit for God, but we need to recognize that God is just using me and you as an instrument to teach and to show others of, to how to come to know Christ. It's nothing that me and you can do. only thing we can do is offer ourselves to him and say, God, use me. Because there's no power in me and you. All the power is in Christ. All the power is through him. All the power is through his word. He just wants us to be used as instruments. Are you willing to open up to him? Are you willing to help with the Awana program or any program that we have at this church? But the point I want us to focus on this morning is this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Paul continues on in verse 16 with the main point that I want us to look at as we think of training boys and girls with the gospel of Christ and train them to serve him. All of us in this room, we call ourselves a believer we are an example. We are either an example bringing people to Christ or either an example pushing people away from Christ. Paul makes it very clear as he tells the Corinthian church in verse 16, be imitators of me. Paul also echoes this in 1 Corinthians 11.1 when he says, be imitators of me as I follow Christ. Paul takes the responsibility of being a follower of Christ. He says, look at me. I will show you what it means to follow Christ. You see, he's recognizing the principle that people will always follow what you do and not what you say. You see, we have a Bahamian saying that says, mouth can say anything. You know, we could say a lot of things, 
But if our actions aren't speaking, then it's worthless. It's empty words. It means absolutely nothing. And the challenge for each one of us this morning as we think of, of, of what Paul is saying here is this. Can, some, can we say, follow me? Can I say, follow me? Can you say, follow me as I follow Christ? What a challenge. What a hard thing to think about. I asked you this morning, what are people seeing in your life? What are they seeing in my life? Are they seeing the person that is pursuing Christ? Are they seeing a person that is willing to say, are you and me willing to say, follow me as I follow Christ? Or are they seeing a completely different person that comes here on a Sunday? Or a completely different person that teaches the one on a Tuesday night? You see, I think that we need to recognize that as, especially as a one of leaders and us who are involved in, in Christ's ministry, people are watching us. There's no denying that. And the question is, if somebody sees me outside of this, these four walls, what are they going to say about me? Are they going to say that that is a true follower of Christ? Are they going to say, That's, you know what, he's the same here and he's the same way out there? Now, let me just say this. I know I fail at times, especially in traffic. (laughs) And I try my best. But the point that Paul is saying is is to look at me as I follow Christ. Members of Calvary Bible Church, this is the responsibility of all of us. We are to be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want to read you a story that I um, saw on Facebook a couple months ago. And it's not a true story, but I think that this is a story that, for a lot of us, we can relate to. And as I said, in traffic, it's the hardest thing for me, so this is why I could really understand this. It says this, An honest man was being tailgated by a stressed-out woman on a busy boulevard. Suddenly, the light turned yellow just in front of him. He did the right thing, stopping at the crosswalk, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman hit the roof and the horn, screaming in frustration as she missed her chance to get through the intersection. Let me just stop there for a second. Don't you just love it when you have the light and the light is just turned green, all you hear is, you know? It's like, hello, it just turned green. But here it is, this woman, I mean, she's carrying on. She's like, on that horn the whole time, you know, she's carrying on really bad. As she was still in her mid-rant, as she was still carrying on, she heard a tap on the window and looked up into her face of a serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit her car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, and photographed, and then placed in a holding cell. After a couple hours, a policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal belongings. He said, ma'am, I'm sorry for the mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, carrying on like a maniac. But I saw in the back, I noticed some things on your car. It said, first of all, notice, choose life. License plate holder. Then it said, what would Jesus do? Bumper sticker. But the last thing was to follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker. And the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. 
Naturally, I assume your car was stolen. <laughs> you see, the point of the story is this. We put these things in our cars. We put on the nice Christian t-shirts. Listen to Christian music. What is the world seeing about us? It's a funny story, but you know what? It hits home to a lot of us. It hits home. Because like I told you, I'm the first one to admit in here, traffic stresses me out. That's the worst thing for me in the world, traffic. So can we all say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? 1 Corinthians 4.17 also says this, That is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child of the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. In verse 17, Paul tells us the Corinthian church that I am going to send Timothy, my disciple. Paul knew that he had taught Timothy the truth, so he knew that he could send him with confidence. You see, he knew that he had taught Timothy all that he, he knew. He knew that he had discipled Timothy in the way that he should go. So the question for me is this, are we teaching people the truth? I want to lead us. Members of Calvary, are we teaching people the truth? Are we preparing them as they go into the real world? Are we teaching them everything we know and with confidence sending them out? Are we leaving everything there with them? Are we leaving our knowledge with them? Paul had faith that Timothy could do the job. And for each of us as a believer, we are to disciple people and with confidence be able to send them out and know that they will continue to preach the truth wherever they go. You see, we are to be about multiplying. We are supposed to be about training other people and seeing ourselves duplicated upon duplication and seeing other people come to know Christ. Verses 18 and 21 says, Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? You see, Paul wasn't concerned with all the talk, but he wanted to see action. These people were not sure if they would ever see Paul again, but he wanted them to recognize that he was not afraid of confronting their sin, but that he was not concerned about all the talk that he had heard, but he was concerned about seeing action. Again, I go back to say, mouth can say anything. Action speaks louder than words. If I speak it and I don't do it, what good is it? I think that's a problem that we have too much today, that we say a lot of things, but we don't do it. Which brings me to the last passage of scripture that I want to look at, and very briefly, because I know some of you are looking at the clock and saying how you could go, but I just very briefly want to look at one other passage of scripture. And it goes back to 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. You see, like they said, I was in a Wana club at once. I know what it's like to come to a Wana, and it's all about passing a section. It's all about getting them two minutes and being able to recite that verse very quickly to be able to pass a section and especially to play games. Because if you didn't pass your section, you couldn't play games. 
But you see, the one theme verse doesn't just say to get the section through. It says to study. Which brings me to James 1, 22 to 25. And it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. You see, this is a very familiar passage to us. But we need this reminder so many times in our lives. You see, again, as the Awana theme verse says, we are to study. Not just to get by, but we are to study and let God's word penetrate our lives and our hearts. That's what it's about. The challenge for us is this, that we not just be hearers of the word, but we be doers. Like I said, that's a very straightforward for us this morning. I don't need to go and expound on that too much because we need to recognize just as we come to church every week of our lives, as we teach our kids in Awana, Sunday school, and everything else, we cannot just be hearers of the word, but we must be doers. John MacArthur says it like this in, for James 1.22. He says, this, The fact that James calls professing believers to be doers, rather than simply to just emphasize that their entire personality should be characterized in that way. The word deceiving was used in mathematics to refer to a miscalculation. Professing Christians who are content with only hearing the word have made a serial, serious spiritual miscalculation because they must, we must act on it. Not just to hear it, but to do it. Just think about it for a second as, as we get ready to close. How many times do we come to church and say, oh, that was a good message? I need to apply it to my life, but just an hour or two later, forget everything we've heard. I'm guilty. You see, we know the right things to say. But do we do it? Do we apply it? Do we act on it? So in closing, as I think of some application, I want you to think of these questions. These are personal questions for each one of us in this room to answer. To ourselves. Is my actions lining up with my words? Are the things that I'm saying in my life, the things, are, are they coming out? Am I doing them? Are people seeing Christ in me? Can I truly tell people to imitate me as I imitate Christ? It's a hard question to answer. Can I truly tell people to imitate me as I imitate Christ. The third question, would people know that I am a genuine disciple of Christ through the way that I conduct myself on a daily basis, on the job, on the streets? Would they know that I am truly a disciple of Christ by the way I conduct myself on a daily basis? And the last thing is that discipleship is important, so we must continue to multiply ourselves, believers, for the glory of God. And that's what Awana is about. Awana is not just about 
bringing in, getting some people to come to know Christ. No, they want to see him grow in Christ. Be disciples. Become leaders. So I challenge you again this morning as I close. Can we truly say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word. Father, we know that your word challenges us. It pierces us. Father, even as I prepared for this, Father, I know that all the time my life doesn't line up the way that it should. Father, I just pray for us as a congregation, as the members of Calvary, Bible, that we would go out into this world and that we'd make a difference. That each one of us would be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Father, I pray that we won't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers. Be with us, be with the rest of this service, that you would get all the honor, glory, and praise for yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. I think today more than ever before, yes, talking is important. If you're witnessing to somebody, if you're sharing with them, but the bottom line, when the rubber meets the road, it's not your talk, it's your walk. How you act and how you live, that's what people really take note of of today. And especially for believers, are we living examples for Jesus Christ. This coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. is the Awana Awards Night. It's the closing night for the clubbers when they'll get their awards. It would be a delight for Sister Audrey and all the leaders to see so many of you coming out for that awards night this coming Tuesday. Why not slot that out? Here at 6 o'clock in the Earl Weish Auditorium, we would encourage you to attend. One other note I need to make mention of is that uh, Living Stones is going on the Sun Power trip to Orlando in July. That's to do with music. And we'd encourage you to just go out in the auditorium after the service. They will have some cupcakes and drinks for sale just to help the teens to make this trip in July. Bow with me now as we close in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are a faithful God that you are always in control, and that despite the difficult and trying times we see in our beloved Bahamas, but also around the world, we still have a mission, and that's to let your light shine through us. And today, as we've focused on our one club here at Calvary Bible, we thank you for the faithfulness of the leaders down throughout the years, for the clubbers we've been able to minister to. We thank you for giving the giving us the ability to minister to them. And we know, dear Father, that ultimately the accomplishment is yours and that it's what we do for you and that what you do in and through us, that's what's going to last. Continue to be with our Awana Clubs. Thank you for this time we've had this morning. Bless us now as we dismiss. For it's in Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. Amen.